0: Well, while you're doing that, I want to welcome all you here today to Summer at Life Center. Uh, when I envisioned this, I actually pictured a lot of sunlight coming through the windows, and we're not quite seeing that today. But but praise God, it's a wonderful place to be. I'm so glad you're with us today. For all those who are joining us online, thank you for joining us today. Uh, for the online folks, you may notice that there's a little bit of a difference to the way that we've been setting up our online service. Um, as we moved in here, we're just kind of resetting it and, and kind of building from scratch, really. So this week's going to be better from last week. Next week's going to be better from, from this week. And we're just going to keep getting better and better. For those of those who are here in person, I am so glad that you are here. I think that there's something so special when two or three are gathered and the Spirit of God is here. I don't know. Did you sense the presence of God yeah. this morning? In this place, isn't that what it's all about, is his presence and knowing him? And again, we're so glad that you're here, that you joined us this morning. For those of you who don't know, uh, my name's Matt. I'm the lead pastor, along with my wife, Tanya. Uh, And guys, last week, for the first time, we were away from a service. And I'm not going to lie, that was a little crazy, okay? It was a little weird for us, wasn't it, babe? I I, I think we did okay. Okay. We were online, we were commenting, we were there, uh, but yeah, we, we were just able to get back from a wonderful vacation. Uh, our family was able to go away, and, and many of you asked about it, so uh, we had a great time, and here's a quick tip for you. Okay, I've been talking about my favorite burger joint. Yeah, yeah, I found a new one, okay? I found a new one. So here's, here's a little tip, a little insider tip, uh, Marburger. Marburger in Cultus Lake. If you ever get a chance to go up to Cultus Lake this summer, it's worth hitting, a little pricey, but it's spectacular. <laughs> it's really good. And we happen to know the owners as well. And so, yeah, wonderful time for our family, but we are so excited and grateful uh, to you for allowing us to do that. Pastors Mike and Eph, thank you so much for taking the service last week. And come on, dream team, right? Yeah. And uh, but so grateful to be back with you today. And guys, without any further ado, we're going to dive right into the word of God this morning. Okay, you with me this morning? uh, what we've been doing for those of you who haven't been with us is we've uh, we're doing a series through the book of Acts. Today, we're in Acts chapter three. The series is entitled We the Church. And just as a quick refresher, the idea behind that title is that the story that we read in the book of Acts is actually our story. It's a story about the church. It's a story about the foundation and and where we come from as the body of Christ today. And as we see the church growing in the world around us, this is the foundation of where we came from. So when we read these stories today, these are exciting because they are telling us our story. Where did it come from? What are you all about? And so this morning, we're going to continue in Acts chapter 3. And each week, we're going to kind of zero in on a, on a subject or an idea. Last week, Pastor Mike got um, uh, Acts chapter 2. It was awesome. This week, we have Acts chapter 3. And this, the subject that we're going to be zeroing in on is the subject of miracles. Somebody say miracles. 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 And we're going to read about a miracle that took place in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 10. Miracles. And what's the next slide that pops up there, Josiah? All right, let's read this. My big idea today, my statement today is this We, the church, were birthed out of miraculous signs and wonders that point to the redemptive work of Christ. We, the church, were birthed out of miraculous signs and wonders that point to the redemptive work of Christ. Let's read the scriptures, then we're going to pray. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And this is a story of Peter and John. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain lame man with his, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fisk- fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So... He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, le- he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the gate beautiful of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, that it's your word that is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord God. It's your word that divides between the soul and the spirit and discerns to the intents of the heart. We thank you this morning, Lord God, that it's your word that goes forth and will not return void. And we pray this morning, Jesus, that you would make our hearts ready to receive your word. Father, we pray that our hearts would be set upon you, Lord God, and that we would be good soil for you to work in us today, Lord God. We pray that we would all leave this place different and changed, Father. As your your vessel, I get out of the way this morning, God, I say, come and do whatever you want to do. God, speak through me, anoint me, give me unction, help me to speak clearly, quickly, and concisely. In Jesus' name, we ask, and everybody said, Amen. amen, amen. Okay, so... I love this story. I love this story because what has just happened in context is last week you guys heard about how the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit had come upon the disciples in the upper room. And when the Holy Spirit came, it wasn't just for them. But God called them to go out into the place where they were in Jerusalem, and suddenly the Bible tells us that the people that were there from every nation in the area were hearing the word of God spoken and praise of God spoken in their own languages. And this, and this word goes forth, and then Peter gets up and begins to preach this amazing sermon. And the Bible tells us that that day, I think it was about 3,000 people were added to the church in that moment. And then the Bible tells us that this began to create this momentum that began to see them move forward into the world around them and bring the kingdom of God wherever they went. In Acts chapter 2, 43, it tells us that a deep sense of awe came upon all of them, and the disciples performed many miraculous signs and wonders. There were signs and wonders that were happening all over the place. And now Luke, coming into uh, Acts chapter 3, begins to tell us about an example of one of these signs and wonders. The story, of course, is Peter and John going up to the temple at the time of prayer. It would have been roughly about three o'clock in the afternoon. And as they walk into the temple, there's a man that has been coming to this temple basically for his entire life to beg for alms and to beg for money. This would have been a very common appearance in those days to see people standing there. And this would have been a very strategic place for him to stand because people were going in with an attitude of a desire to honor God and to make sacrifice, and part of that would have been also a desire to bless others that were poor, and others that were not at the same level as they were, and so Peter and John go into this place, and this is what we're going to do, this This is how we're going to approach it today, we're talking about this idea of miracles, we're talking about how God works through miracles, how he worked through miracles back then, and that the church was birthed in miracles, but today we can see miracles in the church as well, and I'm going to give you three points about this today three points about uh, from this passage about miracles and and then we're going to pray and then we're going to move on and have a beautiful day today as the sun is starting to peer outside <laughs> woohoo go god all right here we go so here's my first big idea okay number 1 god is calling us into his kingdom not necessarily the other way around god is calling us into his kingdom not necessarily the other way around okay so here's what happens so peter and john are walking into the temple at the hour of prayer which would have been right after the sacrifice had taken place and they're going into the temple and here's this man that has been there probably about 40 years some point i I read this in a a commentary might have been about 40 years that he was there begging for alms right and peter and john walk up to this man and he's saying, hey, can you help me out? Can you help me out? And they turn to him and they say to him, look at us. Fixing their eyes on him, John and Peter say to him, look at us. And this man turns. Okay? Now his entire life, he's, you know, up until this point, he has made his living begging for money from people as they go into the temple and come out of the temple. So there's a context within which he is expecting this interaction to take place. There's a way that he's expecting this to work out. It's the way it's always worked out for him. He turns. They might say, look at him. He's thinking, oh, this must be a good one. Maybe I'm going to get you know, a little bit more today from these guys. And so in his context, he's saying, listen, this is who I am. I am I'm lame. I've been here for, for forever. This is where I go. And what I do is I beg for money. And then when people turn to me, they give me money. And I'm able to feed myself. And I'm able to take care of myself that way. This is the context within which he's interacting with the disciples on this day. And Peter and John come up to him and they turn to him and they say, listen, look at us. Look at us. And so the, the, the man who's there, who's sitting there, turns to him and looks up at Peter and John, expecting to receive the same thing that he has always received. In his context, in the way of his thinking, He's thinking, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get what I've always gotten before. The way it's always worked for me before is I've always looked at the the man or the person that's there, and they've always given me money the way that I expect to receive it. But this is a new day, and this is a different day. And the kingdom of God is about to come upon this man. Because in that moment, when he turns to look at John and Peter, they turn to him and say this. Hey, listen, I'm sorry, man. I I don't have any money. I actually don't have anything with me right now that I can give you. But what I do have is something that you're not expecting. And it's the kingdom of God. And he turns to him and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The Bible says he takes his hand and he pulls him up. And the man rises up and walks. Now, how do you think he responded to that? How do you think? What do you you think was going on in his mind at that moment? What do you think was happening within him? What is going on? Yeah, hey, aren't you going to give me some money? <laughs> this is crazy. And he's able to stand for the first time. The Lamb man's response to Peter and John is to interact with them within the context of what he knows. What is a miracle? It is the kingdom of God coming upon us. In interacting us in a way that we do not understand. Yeah. Miracles are defined this way. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read this, this, this scripture to you right now. This is, I love this. This is so good. This is Tim Keller, and this is what he says uh, about miracles. We, the modern people, think of miracles as a suspension of the natural order. But Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger, and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just proofs that he has power, but also a wonderful foretaste of what he is going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just to change, our, challenge our minds, but a promise to our heart that the world we all want is coming. Hallelujah. So good. The world, it is coming. So this is what it means. Miracles are not simply God showing off, but God showing us a glimpse of who he is and what is to come. So good. What am I saying here? This is what I'm saying. That God is calling us into his kingdom, not necessarily the other way around. See, this man was expecting that they were going to work within his context and within his kingdom. This is what I do. I sit here every day. Sorry. And I wait and I put my hand out like this. And when I put my hand out like this, I expect money. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God, can I please get more money today? Because that's the context that I understand. This is the way that I get it, okay? This is how it always works for me. I sit here and I get money. I pray and I get money. I wait and I ask and I get money. And this is what's gonna happen today. And this is his kingdom, right? But God doesn't necessarily, at that day, want to bless his kingdom. He wants to bring his kingdom into this man's kingdom, he wants to bring his power into this man's experience. He wants to bring this, his hope into this man's hopelessness. And so in that moment, what does God do? He brings the kingdom so into this man's heart. That's wonderful. Thank God. See, this is what Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He says, when you pray, say this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He prayed, he told us to pray that the kingdom of God would come into our circumstances. Okay, and when we talk about miracles, what we're talking about is God giving us a glimpse of what is to come. God giving us a glimpse of his kingdom. In Romans chapter 8, 18, it says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For we are, all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, all creation was subject to God's curse, but the eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when God will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And in Colossians 1, 13, 14, it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What is God doing? Remember this. His glory is always revealed in restoration. It's always restoring. It's always restoring. When God moves in the supernatural way that he does, there's often a very real change in the natural world as we know it. So I think, you know, one of the questions we might have as we talk about this idea of miracles is, do miracles exist today? And if they do, how can we see them? How can we know them? And I would argue that, yes, they do, and that miracles exist in supernatural ways that would make you uh, uh, be in shock and in awe. But miracles could also exist in ways around us that we might not even recognize because we're not in tune with what God is doing. How do we know that God is moving? And how do we see the change? I want to give you some examples of some changes that we see in the Bible uh, as God encounters people with his kingdom. Uh, there's a change of countenance. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, the Bible says that his face shone. There's a change of behavior. Um, when, when Jesus prayed for a demon possessed man, the Bible tells us that they saw the demon possessed man and had, had the legion, and he was sitting clothed and in his right mind. Uh, there's a change of behavior that can happen, there's a change of belief. Paul is an example of this, where he had an encounter with the presence of God. He had an encounter with the miraculous presence of God that changed his life entirely. And he said this: "But we what what things were gained to me, these things I counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ." He had an entire change of belief and way of thinking. There's a change of ability. And we just read it, Acts chapter 3, verse 8. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. What has God come to do? He's brought, come to bring us his kingdom. He's come to bring the kingdom of heaven into our world. He's come to, to give us life and hope. He's come to give us peace and joy. He's come to give us all the things that he has promised us, life and redemption forevermore. Amen? Yes. Always remember that the glory of God is revealed in restoration. God is calling us into his kingdom, not necessarily the other way around. Can you see that shift, you guys? That shift in thinking. The the second way, not the other way around, is is this. Okay, God, so this is what I'm doing today. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive over here, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to accomplish this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm also going to pay this bill. Bless me, Lord. Amen. That's, that's the second way. This is the first way. Lord, I don't know what you want to do today, but I just want to let you know that as your servant, I am ready and willing and able. God, if you need me today to do something for your presence, for your kingdom, God, I pray that you would open my eyes so that I can see it and I can be aware that your kingdom is coming in my life. And help me today to live that out and walk that out in my life as I go out and do the things that I need to do. Do you see that? Do you see that shift? It's not the kingdom. Uh, it's not the, the asking God to, to bless our kingdom. Hey, you know, like, like, like the beggar. Hey, God, I'm sitting here. This is what I do. I ask for money. I get money. Can you please help me do that today? The, no, no. It's God, what do you want to do in my life today? What do you want to see in me today? I have great expectations for that. Okay, here, here's the second thing that happens. Here's the second point I have today it's this an awareness of God's presence will recapture our hearts. With wonder and amazement, we'll recapture our hearts with wonder and amazement. This is a passage we haven't read yet. Acts chapter three, moving on from where we just read. Then they all knew that he was begging, uh, sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man was healed, who was healed, held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Okay, so here's what it says. All the people that we're going to worship. So these are children of Israel. These are people that, that know Yahweh. That are, their, their history, their background is all birthed out of the miraculous. They are the children of the exodus. They are the children who, who experienced Um, uh, Elijah and Elijah in their lives these are these are people in, in their history that have this 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 connection to God in the miraculous where God comes and brings his kingdom into their lives this is part of their history this is part of their makeup but the Bible says that when they see this they are astonished and amazed they're filled with wonder and amazement and one of my questions for you today was when was the last time that you were astonished and in wonder at an act of God why? Because the move of God brings wonder and amazement. And, and here's my question. If it's been a while, is it because there's no miracles happening around you? Or is it because we've stopped looking for them? Remember, when we talk about a miracle, we talk about the kingdom of God coming and bringing change into a person's life. About bringing change into, you know, someone that was lost, but now they're found, Right? Someone that was sick, but God has healed them and brought them life. Someone that uh, is struggling financially, but God brought them uh, into his kingdom and gave them uh, supernatural provision. Uh, John Piper says it this way. There were fewer miracles in the Bible than you probably think, and more miracles today than you probably know. See, here's these people that are they, are, they are the children of the promise. These are the ones that, their, their heritage is miraculous. Their heritage, that where they came from, is miraculous. And yet, when they saw this event take place, they were in awe and amazement at what God was doing. And why would that be? Well, could it be because they weren't seeing the miraculous that was happening right around them? The miraculous that was happening right under their noses. If the miracle is found in the restoring work of Jesus, are you seeing evidence of that around you? People getting saved, people responding to Jesus, people being healed. And if not, why? Is it because maybe we've stopped asking? We've stopped believing? We've stopped expecting the kingdom of God to come? Church, would we be a church that would always pray and believe God for miracles? Would we be a church that would always trust God and know that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us? Would we be a church that recognize that it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of God? And would we be a church that would say, God, come and invest your kingdom in me. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done today so that I can experience your working, your wonder working power in the world around me. Okay, and here's my last thought today. You guys with me? Yeah. Doing all right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Last one. Number three. The life of a follower of Jesus is lived through faith in his name. Yes, yes, yes. The life of a follower of Jesus is lived through his name. So these guys are in awe and wonder of what God has done. And Peter's response to them is so grace-filled. I just love this. Because when you're hearing me say this, you might be thinking, well, you know, how do I see that in my life? What do you you mean? Well, You need to pray. You need to ask. You need to have faith. You need to believe God. But how do you do that? And it's through faith in his name. Acts chapter 3, verse 16, Peter responds to the people, and he takes this opportunity to preach about Jesus. And he says this, you're wondering how this has happened. And it is his name, through faith in his name, that has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And I love how Peter says that because it wasn't like Peter got up there and said, well, let me tell you how this happened. (laughs) Faithless ones. I, with my spectacular faith, stirred it up in my heart. And as I was walking up here, I was speaking in tongues under my breath. That's one of the secrets. And also, I was pacing back and forth like this. And then I sang a song to myself. And then once I did that, I simply prayed what I felt was on my heart to pray. And this young man was healed. No, Peter doesn't do that. Peter doesn't do that. Peter says, no, listen. This man was made whole through faith in his name. Oh, and by the way, that faith that was in his name, by the way, that didn't come from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't I didn't work that up. I didn't pray the the you know, if I say shika then 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 if you do that and then you turn around three times. And then you go bang. <laughs> then they're going to get healed or they're going to get saved or you're going to see a miracle. Right? He, he doesn't say that. Yeah. What does he say? He says no no no. I uh, he was saved through faith in Jesus, but by the way, the faith came from Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The faith came from him. Say, so how do we live this out in our lives? How do we see miracles in our daily life? How do we recognize the presence of God? It's by submitting ourselves to him. It's by turning ourselves back to him. It's about going to that secret place that Daryl was talking about earlier. It's about drawing near to God so that he can draw near to you. And you can begin to witness and experience his presence in your daily life. You can begin to see his kingdom come and his will be done in your daily life. In your daily life. The miracle came through faith in the name of Jesus. And here's a thought from one of the commentaries I read. In Semitic thought, a name does not just identify or distinguish a person. It expresses the very nature of his being. Hence, the power of the person is present and available in the name of the person. So it's through faith in his name. Okay, so how does this work out practically for us? How often do we act through faith in someone, something else? Right, so here's what I want to challenge you with. With this, let's be a church who start with faith in His name. Okay, and then and then we can put faith in other things, rational things around us as well. Okay, so we might say this: uh, we act in faith through faith in the economy. I invested in this cryptocurrency. Probably not a good idea right now. (laughs) Right? Okay. Um, Through faith in the medical system, I went and got a surgery. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying this is often where we start. Through faith in the character of someone else, I trusted them to help me with the, with the problem I was having. Uh, through faith in my hard work, I uh, took on a mortgage, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, through my hard work, I'm going to pay it off. Through faith in my talents or gifts, I stepped out and tried something I hadn't tried before because I know that I've got some good talents and some good gifts. No, no, no. We don't start there. We start with through faith in Christ Jesus, through faith in Jesus, through faith in his name, through faith in his name. I stepped out in in, in faith and I and I took a step because I'm trusting in him. I want his kingdom to come in my life. Through faith in his name, I stepped out and I, and I bought that house because I trust that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above me on all that I could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Okay, so through faith in his name, I stepped out today and I spoke to somebody about Jesus because I have faith in his name, that his name is the one that heals. It's not me. Right? It's not me. It's not the things that I can see around me, but it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's through faith in his name. The faith for the miracle, the faith for that change, the faith for that restoration comes through Jesus. And it comes by, how does it come? It comes by his word. It comes by knowing him. It comes by seeking him. It comes by pursuing relationship with him. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It comes by spending time in his presence through faith in his name. So as we close today, I, I'm going to read to you the statement that we read again at the beginning. This is our heritage, church. This is who we are. We, the church, were birthed out of miraculous signs and wonders that point to the redemptive work of Christ. Yeah, come on. It's so beautiful. Can we expect to see God move in our lives? Yes. Can we expect to see God move in our church? Yes. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Can we expect to see him moving in our lives? Can we expect to see him bringing salvation into this place? Can we expect him to bring life and hope and joy into this place? Can we expect him to bring healing to the people within this congregation? Can we expect it? Yes, we can. God is calling us into his kingdom where there is wonder and amazement and where we live by faith in his name. I'm going to end with this. I love this scripture that gives glory to God. And that's how I want to end this today. It's 1st Chronicles 29 verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all in your hand is power and might. In your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Church, I believe that we will experience the miraculous hand of God in our lives. I believe that just as as this man saw it in this time, we're going to experience it in our time. And I believe that it's because we serve a mighty God and because we have faith through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to close today. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, for your word, Lord God, that it's living and active once again. God, we thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, uh, for this word, Lord God. And we pray this morning that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let it be done in this place. Let it be done in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Father God, we pray that you would come and fill us up today with new faith. We thank you that the faith that we need comes from you. And so, Father, today we put our hope and faith in you. And God, we say, God, Fill us up with faith, God. Just as that man that came to you and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, this morning we just pray that you would help us in our unbelief to trust, Lord God, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done and it will be better than anything that we can hope or imagine. God, our trust is in you and we thank you that you are able to bring the change and the hope that we need today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. 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 I'm gonna invite Tanya to come up and we are gonna close this was so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that good word? And there's so many nuggets there to chew on. And there's one that you did not, like, come back to in your, when you are like, kind of just concluding. But that, that thought of being wonder and amazement at the little miracles that we sometimes pass over every day. And because I think that keeps our attention on looking for God, paying attention. Where is he moving? What is he doing? I want to be filled with wonder and amazement mm-hmm. every day. Because you're right, there are things going on every day in our life that are a miracle. And they've come from God, they're for us. And so let's be a church that's filled with wonder and amazement at the little things too. And all those other things you said were so good too, so good. Um, Amazing, powerful, awesome.